Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the content in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. Welcome to Catholic Baltimore. This is Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review. And today we're talking up at Nativity Parish in Timonium with Tom Corcoran, who is lay associate to the pastor of Nativity. Welcome, Tom. Thanks for having me on, Chris. This is great. So we're going to talk a little bit today about the Rebuilt Project, which you folks have uh, started here at Nativity. And that's kind of about rebuilding the church one step at a time. Uh, We want to talk a little bit more in specifics later about your new book, Church Money, which is about how to support that mission. Uh, but let's start by just telling our listeners a little bit about what Rebuilt is at its heart and where that came from. Rebuilt, I think people mistakenly think it's a program, but it's really about a change of thinking when it comes to how we approach the church and the culture we are trying to create as a church. We say we want to create a church that unchurched people want to attend, that uh, attendance in the church is declining, interest in the church, the relevance of the church is declining. And that's not because we don't have a great message and, and something incredibly important to share with our world, but just that we need to be rethinking how we're communicating to the world and the programs and ways we're, we're connecting with our community and our world. So Rebuilt a, a change of thinking, and it, it was launched off of our own struggles in the parish of finding that the church was losing its hold on the people in our community, and we want to know why, and we weren't sure. And so we began studying growing churches, growing healthy churches, to learn from them and began incorporating what our, those lessons and learnings into our own parish. What were some of those struggles you had early on when you and Father White first arrived at the parish? Well, I think, again, when we first came in, we were surprised that, again, the church didn't matter that much to people, that people would stop going because of sports programs or that uh, people— we would say we would do programs and everything was nothing was different after than before. And so we were trying to understand why did we exist and what was the purpose of what we were doing. It wasn't just to get church people into church programs. We had to learn that it was about making disciples and followers of Jesus Christ. And so I think some of the big struggles are working hard and nothing really changing. I think that's what frustrates a lot of church workers. But you struck a chord when Rebuild came out. It became a success. I mean, you were able to, to reach a lot of people, not just here in Maryland, but in churches throughout the country. And so why did that strike a chord for so many other people working in church ministry? Well, I think we said some things a lot of people were thinking, but no one had said or hadn't been able to articulate yet. Uh, again, the, the struggles and the frustrations of working hard, but nothing really changing of the tenuous nature that the church has on so many people's lives. I think because we told a story, and stories stick. People are interested in stories. And I think people do want a way forward. And there's a lot of people out there who love their church. They love the church. They love their parish. They want to see it succeed, but they're not sure how. And I think we both shared a story, vented some true feelings and emotions that a lot of people are feeling that working in the church, and provided a way forward. I heard people who read this book say, I've got to show this to my pastor. I've got my pastor has got to read this. Is that something you heard about a lot? Yes, I think that's one of the and the, one of the biggest things we get or questions we get. How do I get my pastor on board? How do I get my pastor to read this? And so uh, sometimes people feel the change and they need to change, but uh, pastors or church workers can be kind of 
have done the things we've done in so for so long that it's hard to change. So it is a common question we get. Mm-hmm. What is the best way to get your past, the pastors on board? Well, always humility, always humbly to go before the pastor and to. But that 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 is part of leadership. Leadership is not just managing people below you or leading people below you. Leadership is. 360 degrees. It's leading people above you. It's leading people to your peers. It's leading below you. And so I think the best thing is just to begin a conversation and to say, I've read this book. I've enjoyed it. I find these are some things I've found. What do you think about it? And begin that dialogue and that conversation with the pastor and always serving that you're there to serve the pastor and want to serve the larger mission of the church that you come not as saying you need to do this, but Mm -hmm. how can I serve you and serve the larger mission to make disciples? How can I help you make this happen? Yes, exactly. And I'm here to help, right? Good. You also run conferences about Rebuilt where you bring in people from around the the country. What are those like, and and what do people learn there? Well, we do have one coming up, April 27th and 28th. We're very excited, so 27th, 28th, 2020. For us, what changed us and changed our parish was going to see other churches in action and getting a vision of what could be and should be at those because they existed in those places that we didn't have in our own church. And so we want to produce the same thing, that as people come to our parish and see really the, the, the hundreds of engaged volunteers, which are really, I think, the difference mm-hmm. <laughs> in what we've been able to, to grow and what we want to see happen in other churches. When you see those engaged volunteers, when you see the, the quality and the production uh, and the excellence that's put into the communication and the music and all that, um, and just the energy that is here, it gives you, hopefully it inspires people to see what's possible, encourages them that it is possible because we're not that smart. We just worked hard. We we figured some things out and hopefully equip them to make changes in their church um, that are needed to reach our communities. Mm-hmm. When you look at uh, the kinds of changes you've been able to make here at Nativity, some of those involve the use of technology, uh, and not every parish has those resources available. How do these uh, concerns that you've brought up in rebuild, how can they be applied to parishes that that aren't as as tech rich and tech savvy as as Nativity is? Well, I would start out by saying we did not start out tech savvy in the sense of, you know, the first few times we 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 had a uh, we used com- cameras that I use for my home movies and and we had a projector that we would take up and set up and then take down and so we we just started on a path and so I think. In our in, at that time, maybe when we started out with this, you could get away without screens and without visuals and without technology. I just don't think that's possible anymore in our world. Uh, that for a, a parish to communicate to this culture and this time and this generation, we have to embrace uh, technology and embrace visuals, especially visual communication. What are we as a as a church? We are stewards of the gospel, which is good news. We have to communicate that good news, and we're in a world that's more and more visual. That more and more is through technology. So we have to embrace that and not be afraid of it. And wherever you are, just start somewhere. Again, get rid of the fear mm-hmm. and start moving down that, that path as soon as you can. But you're not talking about dumbing down Catholic teaching and, and the gospel down to 240 characters on, on Twitter, <laughs> right? You're you're talking about simply using the tools to reach people the way they'd like to be reached these days. Not dumbing it down, but we do need to be crisper in our communication. I mean, think about the book of Proverbs. There are they're pretty tweetable <laughs> proverbs, but they contain in just a few words a chunk of information. And so we need to get better at communicating, obviously, complex ideas, that, but also many of them are very simple, too. You know, love, you know, Jesus did this. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
That's that's tweetable. That's it pretty. Turns. That's pretty short. <laughs> simple does not mean simplistic. Mm-hmm. Simple means you've made it clear and concise, um, and you've stripped away all the extra that's not really needed. So technology helps us to do that and forces us to do that. What kind of results are you seeing? What kind of results are the parishes that have adopted rebuilt? What kind of results are they seeing? Well, I mean, for us, our parish has grown. Uh, again, one of the things we do point to is the increase in volunteers. We'll get to this. Hopefully, the church money increase in giving, increase in attendance. So that's what that we have seen. We're continuing to work with other parishes and, and learn what they are doing. We see movement and momentum. We just had it worked with the parish that, again, had a, we worked with. We coached them, and 200 new volunteers signed up on a weekend. So that's awesome. That's what. Those are the kind of stories you want to keep producing with, with, when we work with parishes. Yeah. Well, we're talking today with Tom Corcoran, who is lay associate to the pastor of Nativity Church in Timonium, Maryland. We're talking about the Rebuild program, and after we come back with the break, we're going to be joined by Father Michael White, who is the pastor, and we're going to talk some more about Rebuild and church money. You're listening to Catholic Baltimore. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Our Lady of the Mountains Parish, which was formed by the merger of five parishes eight years ago, has received permission from Archbishop William E. Laurie to close one of its churches and lease another to an independent group. St. Ambrose in Cressup Town will close and the property will be sold, while St. Patrick in Mount Savage will be leased to the new nonprofit organization, Friends of St. Patrick Mount Savage Incorporated, which will care for the church and provide two masses per year with visiting clergy. The parishes will continue to provide daily and weekly Masses at St. Mary and St. Patrick in Cumberland and will continue its oversight of the Archdiocesan Shrine of Saints Peter and Paul in Cumberland, where Masses are celebrated on weekdays. Edward Jones, business manager and coordinator of mission support for the parish, said missionary discipleship is the driving force behind these changes. In order to achieve our missionary discipleship goals or have the chance to achieve them, we have to right-size our infrastructure, he said. We have to balance our budget, and we have to free up our staff and clergy to do the work that is needed to be done. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. Pastoral and administrative leaders looking to learn about current trends and best practices in ministry while enriching their spiritual lives are encouraged to attend the Mid-Atlantic Congress set for January 30th through February 1st at the Baltimore Hilton Hotel. Co-sponsored by the Association of Catholic Publishers and the Archdiocese of Baltimore, the 8th Annual Gathering is expected to attract more than 1,500 people from 60 dioceses, mostly from the East Coast. John Romanowski, Executive Director of the Department of Evangelization for the Archdiocese of Baltimore, said the Congress helps leaders to be better equipped and inspired to make missionary disciples of others. For more information, visit midatlanticcongress.org. From everyone at the Catholic Review, here's wishing you a happy Advent. I'm Kevin Parks. Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have The Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to the Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice-a-week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android and follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, 
Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. For 143 years, New Cathedral Cemetery has served the needs of the Catholic community of Baltimore and Central Maryland. New Cathedral is the only cemetery owned by the Archdiocese of Baltimore and is the final resting place for many religious orders and famous citizens. 125 acres of rolling hills, trees, and beautiful monuments, the cemetery is an oasis of peace and tranquility and is located off Edmondson Avenue just outside of Catonsville. New Cathedral is dedicated to the task of tending to the mortal remains of our dearly departed and has many more years of available space. If you are in need of a burial site, vault, monument, or marker, or just a respectful location to place your cremated loved ones, our counselors will help you through this process and make sure the wishes of you and your loved ones are honored. Visit us online at newcathedralcemetery.org, like us on Facebook at New Cathedral Cemetery Bonnie Bray, or call 410-566-7770. You are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Welcome back to Catholic Baltimore. This is Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review, and we're up in Timonium at Nativity Church talking today with Father Michael White, pastor, and Tom Corcoran, who is lay associate to the pastor, about the rebuilt, I guess not a program, the project, the, the, the movement, as it were, and the way it's helping bring people back to the Catholic faith and, and to their local Catholic church. In the original rebuilt, you both talked about how it was kind of a struggle at first to to get a hold of what people wanted and how the church could deliver that and how you would do programs and people would come and they would complain that the food wasn't good or things like that. How has the attitude in the parish shifted in the years since you've adopted this, this philosophy? Well, I think that uh, the parish has become uh, less uh, focused on ourselves and more focused on our community. I think that we have uh, challenged people to get up out of the pews and to start serving and to be more concerned about who's not here than who's here. Mm-hmm. That changes everything. Sure. What percentage of people in who are coming to Nativity are involved in some kind of ministry? I, I would say um, you have over a thousand people serving and volunteering in some way at least once a year and, and so you have about so I would say about half of the people in our parish are involved in, in volunteering. Mm-hmm. I belonged to a parish in Arizona uh, when I was there that also had a very strong volunteer commitment. And I do remember that one time the pastor you know, asked, well, you know, who's involved in a ministry? And asked people to raise their hands. And I assumed it would be half or more. Uh, and it wasn't. It was maybe 20% of the people who were, who were in the pews. Is that a typical thing? Uh, yeah, I think 20% or you know, somewhere between 10 and 20% is usually typical. So, um, yeah, that, that's, I think there's, there's sort of different plateaus every church is going to reach. Um, we talk about widen the gene pool in the sense mm-hmm. that you need to constantly widen the people you're inviting in to be a part of it, uh, to be part of the parish. What are the- it builds on itself, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes, parishes have a very difficult time in recruiting uh, volunteers or member ministers as we call them because so much of the burden falls on so few of the people and uh, the people that do step forward end up uh, uh, heavily burdened 
uh, when, the twelve apostles. We, yeah. we talk about they all those same dozen people always right. get the assignment. I think you can go to any parish and and, and find that you know true uh, volunteers who are doing everything. We've kind of gotten away from that, and we um, have thousands of people, and there's no no big burden for anybody. Mm-hmm. Do you try to kind of? move people up the ladder you know, maybe they start with parking lot ministry and absolutely. eventually they they get involved in something that's a little bit more complex absolutely and and eventually even into uh leadership our all of our ministries have have group leaders team leaders and ministry heads as well mm-hmm. in the original book and of course in the new book church money you talk specifically about how it's there's this perception out there that the church is always asking for money and and you you try to get away from that but the church needs resources to exist and and to sustain itself one of the core elements of the archdiocesan planning project is mission support is how do we do all these things bring people to be missionary disciples help them welcome do good liturgy how do we do that if we don't have support for that ministry when you wrote church money what were the principles you were looking at that say we've got to support the mission in this way? Well, I think, as we talked about earlier in the last segment, about it's a change of thinking, rebuilt a change of thinking. It's a change of thinking about how we raise money and raise funds to do the work we do. And so a lot of times I think we come to people with our needs, and here's what we need. But people don't give to need. They give to vision. They give to vision about what's going to accomplish in their lives and what's going to accomplish in the lives of others because people want to make an impact. And they want to feel feel that impact for themselves. For us, it also goes back to just connecting money to discipleship. Jesus talked about money more than any other topic. And he said, where your treasure is, there will your heart also be. Wherever you put your money, your heart just follows. And so it's teaching people just what Jesus said about money and dry, everything that we communicate money going through discipleship and the lens of discipleship. And as we do that, we find that people respond. What were some of the biggest missteps with fundraising when you first started here? Doing fundraisers. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Doing them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. And then doing them again and doing them again. The famous example, uh, we had a, a car raffle. Uh, and we were going to purchase this car and uh, raffle it off. Uh, I think we were sending kids to World Youth Day and that was the point of the fundraiser. But we didn't sell enough tickets to pay for the car, much less make any uh, profit on it. And so we kept extending the drawing and extending the drawing. And meanwhile, that car sat out in front of the church as this big, red, shiny example of how much we didn't get it when it came to funding the mission of the church. And in a lot of ways, people would be, you know, buying a, a ticket and thinking, oh, that, that money's all going to the church, yeah. when in reality it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's creating a consumer exchange or, and there's overhead. I think the other thing is, obstacle that parishes have to be aware of is that people think, okay, I talked about what Jesus said about money once, and okay, it's going to change. Everyone's going to get it. You need to drip, 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 drip. Keep saying it. Keep on saying it over and over again until for people to change their minds and change their hearts. So I think in op- other obstacles, sometimes we would do a, a stewardship campaign and think, okay, people are going to get We're it there. And you'll get some, but you got to keep going over and over we again. We have our stewardship Sunday this, this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. And 
part of our message is just the fundamentals that we're stating all over again, as if we've we've never said this before, even though we've been saying this for years now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, one of our pre- principal key things, because it is from the Bible, is that we are stewards, not owners. Mm-hmm. Had a guy in my small group, we've been saying this for years, had a guy in my small group this past fall say, you know what, we're... we're God owns everything. We're stewards, not owners. And I've been saying this for we've been saying it for years. And this is not a new guy, but yeah. it just clicked for him. And that in some ways you want to you want to smack you know you know smack him, but in some ways you're like that's just the way it goes. That's the way it, it is. It finally worked. So how is you're doing stewardship weekend coming up? How has that changed now from when you used to, when you did it before you you rebuilt the place? Well, I think we get you, you get better at doing it. Yeah. Uh, you and get crisper, you get tighter, you get more compelling. We've learned when it comes to our stewardship weekend the importance of first of all stories, telling stories. So even a couple of years ago, we had this kind of very analytical message about give one percent more, and we calculated how much money that would be if for the whole church, and we thought that was going to move and everyone's going to be excited. No one cared, mm-hmm. and it, the message actually wound up getting confusing because people started doing the math. And what we've learned uh, and learned from reading and from experience that. People are more encouraged by stories, and they want to see the impact. And, and quite honestly, they want to feel that. And that's what you want to be communicating to people. It's a, it, the basic communication is we're asking for your investment in an exercise that's all about life change. Mm-hmm. And we tell stories about life change just to say, here's what you're investing in. You're investing in people's, in people's lives. Mm-hmm. And you do more than just liturgy here. There's a lot of ministries here that need that support, right? Sure, sure, absolutely. And that's what we've tried to learn to tell the story of, too, that people don't know where their money goes. Mm-hmm. And again, a lot of times I think people try to do that through, well, eight, you know, X amount of dollars goes right. here, and we spend X amount. That doesn't help. Right. What you want to see, we've been doing, again, through technology, going back to that last segment, we show little videos that say, of our children's program and have you know b-roll of showing little kids in programs say your 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 money makes this happen your giving makes this happen or show um, i think that the average parishioner has very little concept of what goes on in the life of a parish Mm -hmm. uh, and the breadth and the the reach of the the parish Um, they know what they know they know what they experience i go to the night club clock mass on Sunday and I come in the side door and go out the side door and that's what I know um, tell the story about what's going on in your kids programs tell the story about what's going on in your school or you know your men's your men's programs mm-hmm. have you found that since you've been doing this you've got a lot more people coming to more than just an hour on Sunday sure because everything builds on everything right mm-hmm. um, that's that's the thing you get people serving it's easy to get them to give you, you get people going out on mission. It's easy to get them to serve. Once you get a piece of people's attention, it's easier to get more. Mm-hmm. What's your best piece of advice to pastors who want to change their way of thinking and do things differently? Look at church money especially differently. I think it's about thinking about church from the unchurched person's perspective mm-hmm. and to really feel that and to really feel what it's like for someone who stopped going to church and understand their objections, understand why they stopped, and to be crystal clear on that. And that's why we're so big on the Timonium Tim, and that's the quintessential unchurched person in our community. And we try to talk about that person all the time because it keeps us thinking about the church experience fresh and about how to make it better so we can reach more people in our community. Mm -hmm. 
and you are reaching more people. This is making a difference. Yes, absolutely, and we all, we want to see it do more. We we know that um, there's still more people to reach and more 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 to do. Mm-hmm. When you talk about church money, I mean, this is the how many books have you got in the series? We got rebuild tools for rebuilding, uh, reconstruction, which is I guess Spanish. That's a Spanish. Rebuilding yeah. your message. How many more tales do you have to tell? <laughs> well, we have some ideas. Okay, <laughs> we have some ideas. We're planning on getting started on a new book in January. Good. Well, we've been talking today with Father Michael White, who is pastor of Nativity Church in Timonium, and Tom Corcoran, who is lay associate to the pastor. We've been talking about Rebuilt and their new book, Church Money, from Ave Maria Press. You can get it online. You can get it here at the parish. You can get it just about anywhere books are sold. So thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Chris. You've been listening to Catholic Baltimore. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator who would be happy to speak with you. Child abuse is not only a crime, it's also a sin. The Archdiocese of Baltimore has long made the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through rigorous training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.